If you're an average player, you want to be left alone, right? Because you want to be able to slide by. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. If you're a great player, you want the coach to tell you the truth every day. Did I hustle on that play? Did I make the right read? Did I play the guy with the right leverage? You want to know every play. Because you know why? They want to be perfect. Everybody here makes a choice to do one of those three things. Welcome to the Goat Consulting Podcast, a podcast dedicated to people striving to be a goat, the greatest of all time, serving it up in a way that you can get it in all stages of life. Hey, I'm Colby Jubinville, and welcome to another episode of the Goat Consulting Podcast right here in VC Production in studio in Nashville, Tennessee. Always at the table. Well, there's somebody new at the table. We call them, the kids in the playground, they call them Spency, Spencer Tomset. <laughs> We're so glad you're here with us today. Tyler is dealing with a family emergency, so we send well wishes to him. But Spencer Tomset, my good friend, who we're going to have on later, and to the left, the LinkedIn Whisperer, the calming force to yeah. our show, my good friend, all the way from Brentwood. We've known each other for over a decade now. I, I see you. It increases every time. Loves hip-hop. John Byers. John, we're so glad you're here today. We've got a great show for you. We'll talk about our guest in just a second. But we're going to always start off by saying this. We serve it up. We are the GOAT Consulting Podcast. We serve it up in a way you can get it. In our 20s, they teach us to get in a game. In our 30s, they teach us to stay in the game. In our 40s, they teach us to move up in the game because those 30-year-olds are so damn good. In our 50s, what the research says we finally ask ourselves, what is it that I really want? I think our guest, over any other guest that we've had so far, typifies, represents typifies. that idea. 20s okay. get in, 30s move up, 40s oh, stay in, like 50s, it. what do you really I want? I like getting it. 50s, <laughs> what do you really want? And then the second thing, that the second piece to the show, it's the big piece, it's the GOAT. And in sports, it's easy to see. It's people that are recognized for their greatness. They elevate the play around those around them. But in business, it's people that compete on unique perspective, unique education, and unique experience. What they do gives them energy, and it gives other people energy, creating new levels of challenge and new levels of opportunity. And if that doesn't describe Merrily Kick, the founder and CEO of Buzzballs that I found in a gas station, Coolest name of anybody we've ever had on the show. In oh, North yeah. Alabama. And Coolest I'm going to talk name. about that in just a second. And Southern Champion Brands, A Taste mm-hmm. of Texas. The, the the empire just keeps growing. Uh, is joining us today at the table all the way from her cabin in Ma- in Montana. What part of Montana yeah. are you in? What part? Uh, Big Sky. Big in Sky, Big, Montana. I mean, just like the television show, we have hit we have hit a home run here today. We're excited for Mary Lee to be here with us. You're going to share your story with us. We're going to change it up a little bit, Mary Lee. We appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, and you've got an incredible story. Before we get serious, though, like I need to know what's in that background because it's the coolest background anybody we've ever had on the show. I mean, tell us. There's a gun. There is a yes, bottle is. of moonshine, a gun. When do we get to come to the cabin in Big Sky? She, she serves it up in a way we can get it yeah. right there john wants to know what's in the back the gun guns alcohol with guns alcohol no tobacco we are a tobacco free environment we've got so much more <laughs> for you right here today merrily we're so excited that you've joined us what's happening um here's one thing that i've come across recently and i want to set the stage with this what, what it said was 80 percent of life's most defining moments happened before age 35. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I've learned by reading about you and watching the interviews about you is that you've had many defining moments that bring you right to us today. And I know you're only 37, so maybe there's a couple (laughs) that have happened afterwards, but maybe share with us some defining moments that brought you right up to the point where you said, I'm going to start buzz balls and then the defining moments that happened after that. 
Gosh, that's a lot. A mouthful. Um, I guess when I was, uh, my parents were real young when they had me, like 17 years old. Um, and uh, that was tough back in the 60s when I was born. So um, that wasn't uh, very popular to have children yeah. that young. Um, but uh, we grew up, uh, went out to a farm in Montana and we had no money and we had to learn how to do everything ourselves. So cook, clean, raise goats, raise oh. pigs, <laughs> raise chickens. Um, I had to learn how to sew. I had to kill chickens. I had to, you know, make do everything blues. myself. Um, so we learned how to make something out of nothing um, was kind of how we we struggled to get by. Um, dad fart. Uh, he, st he didn't fart. I didn't mean <laughs> farted. He started. He we don't, started. We don't edit this show. No edits. So that's coming right. He started a post in coal mill. And um, the mafia came up and shot down all of his equipment and burned down all the land. So we went bankrupt. Wow. And so um, for a long time, I worked on a post and pole mill for my parents. And then anyway, graduated high school. I was Miss Helena. Absolutely. Ooh, I can yeah, still see it today. You know? Yeah. In Montana, went to school in the University of Montana, Mighty Grizz. Awesome. Um, and then uh, got married, moved to Texas, worked for Ross Perot uh, as an engineer Wow. And um, moved to South Africa, moved to Sweden. Um, and I guess I'm just kind of a survivor, you know. I'm just one that claws myself up and reinvents myself and tries to figure out where I am and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to be important where I am. So, And you I decided to do that, that by a pool. Yeah. Okay, so grading after papers. I turn and I, and I want to say this. After you turn 35, I want to say this. My favorite yeah. Ross Perot quote. Are you ready? This is going to impress you, I think. I'm ready. Measure twice. No. When you see a when you see no. a snake kill it, you don't form a committee to talk about how to kill the snake. <laughs> That's what he said. It's my sounds fun. just like him. I, I need to work on that. She was better. Okay. So you can you went from teacher to yeah. buzzball queen of the of the entire universe. First of, of Texas all, and of then all of time. the universe. Yes. And right. I want to hear about that defining moment yes. between those two. That's worthy of yes, that's yeah. goatness. So, um, okay, so and, uh, and incorporate in that answer something that you've done a lot of these. Not any as cool as we are, so we get that. You don't have to tell us yeah. again. Thank you. But can you share something in that story that you've never told anybody? <laughs> I just put her on the spot. Yes. <laughs> we'll let you think about that as you uh, as you answer that, Miss M that. Miss Miss Helena. Keep going. Uh huh. Miss Helena, that's mm. the new name. Sounds <laughs> dirty. Uh -oh. <laughs> this is great. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was about to get a divorce um, after living abroad for so long. You know, husband and I kind of were growing apart, and um, we uh, almost got a divorce. Um, didn't actually get a divorce, but almost got a divorce. And um, when I was figuring out how I was going to survive on a teacher's income, um, raising two sons, you know, one who's in ice hockey and the other in golf. And, you know, I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to live in my car. You know, I won't have any money. I'm, I'm just barely going to get by on my $55,000 a year income. So I need to do something and I need to do it quick. And so I thought about what survives in good times and bad. And I thought, booze. Yes. Drugs, yeah. sex, gambling. <laughs> and I thought, mix all those together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think, you know, and I thought, well, you know, episode. I'm, 
I'm 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 really good at all those. No, <laughs> no, I didn't. Uh, but, but um, I I thought that booze was probably the way to go. So um, my mom, when I was a kid, we used to go pick choke cherries and and currant berries in Montana, and we'd make wine out of it. Mm. And so we'd get one of those big fifty-five gallon Rubbermaid, you know, tubs, and yep. and just make our own homebrew, make our own wine. You know, so that was kind of fun. Um, so I kind of got the bug in me from that. Yeah. But anyway, I, anyway, I was about to get a divorce and uh, terrified. And I went and got my master's degree. And Buzz Balls was my master's degree thesis project. I was grading papers by my swimming pool and had this little round votive candle next to me. And I thought that would be cool to make like a ball that got you buzzed, you know, like a little party ball. And so um, came up with life? the idea for that. Um, and I, I wanted pause. something that. Can I pause for just a second, Marilee? I want to, you, you are, you said something I don't want our audience to miss, and I'm curious about it. You said I was in the middle of going to get a divorce, and we didn't. We didn't. Still married He today. works for me now. He well, works he's, al- for he's me. always worked for you. Let's just be, let's just be clear. I'm curious about that. Maybe we need to come. We're going to come back to that because I want to hear more about it, but we'll do it later. So, you know, those episodes where they're like, have, you know, his story, her story. Maybe we'll have his story next and see. Oh, no. <laughs> it's in his contract. Shut it down immediately. He still, wor- he still works for you. It's, it's in his yeah. employment contract. He can't talk yeah. about it. NDA. On everything. So you're on your second marriage. It's just with the same person. No. No. Well, no, you got There was a joke in there. There was a no. joke. No. Just forget it. Same, <laughs> same person. Yes. Same, same marriage, same person. Yes. And, and so you have this moment where most people look at, at, at a degree and say, oh, I'll just get through the degree and figure it out. You looked at the degree. And in fact, in one interview, you said, uh, I'm going to get shit done. Oh, I probably did. That sounds like me. <laughs> um, and the professor yeah, had to know, kind of mediate. When, you, when you're scared, uh, John, you know, when you're scared, you you make a lot of quick choices and there's things you have to do. And when your back's up against the wall, it's like do or die. And when you know that it's do or die, you don't really want to fail if you're a fighter, if you're competitive, you know, you've got to win. And so um, failure really wasn't an option for me. I mean, it was certainly a possibility, but I didn't want that to happen. So I did everything in my power not to fail. I would get online. I would work all night. I would do my homework uh, for for my uh, degree. I would raise my two boys. I would work during the day. I had a second job. I had a third job, you know, and then I was building this business, you know, so it was just kind of like put everything together and, and just sleep later. <laughs> what was the response from the, the, you call them the professors? Is that what you say? I mean, what yeah, was their response when you presented the, the thesis? Um, they liked it. They thought it was interesting. Um, you know what? I'll tell you something that you didn't know. Yeah. Yes. This is, this is a it. good one. Okay. So I'm not a team player. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what and, does that mean? Uh, what does that mean? Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, <laughs> bullshit jargon thing that 
companies come up with it's like are you a team player well, and it, you go, oh yeah i am you yeah, know it's, and it's, you're really not it's from the you 1990s. know if you're an entrepreneur i got news for you if you're an entrepreneur you're not a team player you're a go through it type of person you go <laughs> around things you go above things you go below things you get shit done yes. you don't just wait for somebody to give you the rules and then you go figure out the puzzle pieces you I know love that. you don't do you know, you, you just go figure it out and yeah. there are no rules. You know, I don't like rules. Mm. So um, I don't either. They're for other people. I feel like you, where have you been all my life? I know. <laughs> I, I, I know. So, so you're, you're there in, in this moment, you get good feedback. You, you actually sought out people on the campus of North Texas to give you feedback about how to build this product, right? No, no, I did it all myself. That's why I'm not a good team player. I had a little team. You know, if you're ever in college and you get stuck on these little five-person teams, they all suck because they don't want to do anything. They yeah. don't want to yep. do the work. And yep. then you have to do it all. And then yes. so that's basically what happened. I ended up doing the financial plan and all the planning and all the expense of creating a prototype and they they were like oh yeah that's really cool okay great i'm gonna go take care of my kids now or whatever and they took off or yeah. sat in the sun or whatever they were doing so guess what the when, the, when, when we come to present the thing we we're in front of the group of people you know we're presenting what we we called it party balls at the time instead of buzz balls so I went out there and I had already um, gotten the co the trademark on party balls. I'd already gotten the trademark on buzz balls. What year is this, by the way? What year is this? 2009. Okay. Okay. 2008, 2009. Hey, can, I ask, can I ask one quick question before, because I, I think this is important for the audience. So you call it party and you realize party. that that's not going to get you to where you want to go. And you take it one step further and you call it buzz, which is, which is controversial, right? So what was Okay, but let me back up. All right. Miller Coors owned party balls because uh, they had this giant big party ball. I used to have And so those. I wrote to him and I asked him if I could have that name because they hadn't used it in commerce for a long time and they said no. And so what I did was I bought the domain name of partyballs.com <laughs> and I pointed it toward buzzballs.com and I thought, well, you know, buzz balls works, you know, balls that get you buzz that that works for me, mm -hmm. you know. And yeah, it's a little controversial, but it's the truth and people People want what they pay for. You That's know? right. Yeah. Well, and you'll, you'll attract the right people. Right there. All right. But call. what bothered me back about my professor? This is important. Oh, yeah. I'm not a team player. They gave me a B. My team gave, you got to vote what? for your peer review, peer reviews. So I got a B from all the grounds in my little four, four or five group. Um, they gave me a B, but I had done all the work and the professor gave us an A for the project. On what grounds well, did you get delivered a B because you weren't, they said you weren't a team player. They said I wasn't was a team reason. player. Hey, let me tell you <laughs> something. If I, if I was your professor, not only would I have invested, I, I would be sitting there, you know, cheerleading you on these. You imagine these four people that are in this group now and they watch these interviews <laughs> and it's the $70 million empire. Listen, and they were out sitting in the sun and yes. doing whatever they do. And she's yeah. out here crushing it in Montana. Miss Elena. It's been a long time since professor Ellis has reared his head on this show. I know. <laughs> Early Those on. Early on, Professor Ellis came out because I remember sitting in Marketing 3000 at University of Georgia. Go dogs! Who <laughs> there won? it is. It, was there a national <laughs> Alabama yeah, game this Alabama. year? Alabama. <laughs> so, and he said, if you get an offer for a fifty thousand dollar job upon graduating, you need to take it. And I thought, I don't buy that. No. 
I don't buy it. You don't subscribe to it. He said because you are, you're you not a team it, player you need like to her. Take it and be grateful. So I, you know, you know the saying about college professors, right? Those who can do, and those oh, who don't can't say it. Those who can't teach, and those who See? can't teach teach PE. That's the old Woody Allen joke. Uh, uh, Right, but if you can do that, if you is can, not funny. If you can do, that is just so not funny. Because I was a teacher and I, I, I had somebody tell me that. I've got, I've got so to, fi- I've got so to finish. So people used to say that to me, and here's what I come back with. Finally, I thought about it and thought about it and thought about it. And you're a great example. But if you can do and teach, you get paid for your value, and not your time. And that's what I think happened Here for you. Is you did, you taught it, and you did it. And now you're getting paid for your value, not your time building this vertically integrated family business. Do you believe that? Totally. I'm not asking you. I'm asking. I believe it, but we have a guest here. Did you know that? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes gets lost. Barely. You know, my professor, he gave me an A anyway, because he said, I don't want to be the one that, you know, gave you a B. And then he came back and gave me the Distinguished Alumni Award. Of course he did. And then asked for a check. Didn't you get the Distinguished Alumni Award? I have something else, too. I did, yeah. Uh, The cherry on top was this year they asked me to be the commencement speaker for the School of Business. Did you do it? Did you already do it? I already did it. Is it recorded? Uh, I, I'm sure they recorded it. I mean, We're it was on put that up on our website later. It'll yes. be there for this, the audience. Okay. This. I have a question to kind of get us a little bit back on track and okay. still you're the one that said, tell us something that you haven't told anybody else. She's told us several things. She's crushed it. Yes. She's not a team player. We love that. <laughs> <laughs> so she makes her own clothes. What, ha- yeah. what, one of the things of frameworks that we talk about on this show is your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties. And Colby walked through that a little bit earlier. So let me ask you this: What is one thing in your in you, that you believed? Well, this ought to be good. In your twenties, that you no longer subscribe to today, mm. that you know is not true. Oh, okay. So when I met my husband, um, well, he was my boyfriend at the time. I thought that to win his heart, I needed to be like his mother. Oh, this oh, is boy. good. Oh, this, oh, is boy. Good. this is good. Oh boy. And so I, um, and I have to talk curly quiet because she's here. Go get him and bring him in. Is he on the clock? (laughs) He's he's taking some FMLA right now. (laughs) Um, But, you know, that was one of the things. And and she was was a woman that um, never had a job in her life. You know, she just raised four boys and, and, you know, she, and just four boys, I mean, holy crap, that's oh, yeah, a lot yeah, right there. A, but, but, you know, I mean, I, I was a career woman too. So, you know, I think um, partway around that time, I started realizing that I wasn't, I shouldn't do everything that he wanted me to do. I was the submissive woman. Can you see me being submissive? I mean, just wow. for one yeah, freaking second. Whole, if you were trying to be like his mom, you messed that up really bad. Yeah, so I really screwed that up. And and I wasn't being true to myself, you know. And and then one time I finally figured out when I had two babies and no formula and no diapers and I was stuck on a plane because he told me not to pack all that because it was too heavy, bloody, bloody, blah, blah, and I needed it in my go bag instead of on my um what do you call it? The baggage, you know, that was checked on the plane. 
And and here I am stranded in Salt Lake City at 1130 at night with two babies, no diapers, no formula. Baby can't, can't eat anything. Oh. I have no car. It's winter, you know, and I said, I will never again mm. do anything that I can't trust my gut on. I should have just followed my own so gut good. and did my own thing. And so from that point on, from the time I was 28 on, I led my own life and said, screw this. I'm not going to be someone else. I'm going to be myself and I'm going to always trust my own gut. And I think that's an important lesson in business too. That's you know, trusting great, your gut, it's huge. It's such great. And I will tell you, women are so much better than that. And guys, women, a woman's intuition, I trust a lot of, in most things in life. I trust my wife before I trust myself. And we had to walk through something very similar when, when our first son was born and this is a sensitive moment. She doesn't listen to the show, so she doesn't have to, I don't have to worry about her hearing this, but, but I remember when he was crying in bed as an infant saying, Oh, you know, he'll be fine. Let him. And, and we still like struggle through that conversation, fight tension in our relation, not in our relationship today, but that that happened because she was like, okay, I'll stay back Where today. She's like, I'll do what I want. I trust. I'm going to trust my gut. And I have learned I trust her gut most of the time more than I do my own. So I would say I can totally resonate with what you just shared as a not as a mom, but as a mom, how you learn that and what I see in in our own family. Yeah, it's it's true. I get in trouble for sharing that, so don't tell her. <laughs> we won't. Yeah, don't. You might have to this, take some uh, everything stays right off. here. Yeah. I'm not happy about it, it, but it's a it is it was a guidepost for me in a significant growth through my 20s. That would be my one of my things. I like that. Okay. Spency, let that be a lesson to you. That, yes. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for someone to mention something about that. But yeah. I, it's so I, good I'm to the, have you here. I'm the youngest of four siblings, so I've learned a lot from their mistakes. My older two sisters are married. My oldest brother has a partner, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to kind of learn from their mistakes and hear from their complaints and everything. So you, you're right. I just I just soak it in. Spencer's 23. 23, 23 years yeah. old. Spencer told He's me not potty trained yet. <laughs> well, barely. Spencer and I were talking and I said, are you, do you ever think you're going to get married? And he said, yeah. And I said, uh, so what are your thoughts on that? He said, well, Dr. Jeep and Bill, you know, I'm going to look at her. I'm going to say, if you want to wear this ring, you're going to have to sign this thing. <laughs> And that's a that's a prenup, and so. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's putting words into my mouth. He suggested he that. He does that. Spence. Uh, he suggested that. He does it. He does it, Spencey. All right, Marilee. We're that's gonna, 90s hip hop, by the way. I was one, doing that for you. Thank you. One of the ways that we honor our guests is that we ask for their own definition of a goat, greatest of all time. We want, we want your definition, and then to follow that up, we would love to hear who you look at in your own life as a goat. Hmm. Okay. Well, in terms of what is a goat to me, um, besides up here in mountain, mountain towns, you know, billy goats and stuff. Yes. But, <laughs> which, by, um, which, by the way, just a quick insert to give you another thought, a, a moment to think. This podcast would have been called the Goat Podcast. Colby and I disagree on how we ended up on Goat Consulting Podcast, but my recollection was the Goat Podcast already existed for someone mm -hmm. that teaches people how to raise goats, and therefore <laughs> we had to insert a different word, hence now we are at the Goat Consulting, Consulting Podcast. Uh -huh. That's right. I think um, confidence, self-confidence is one of the most important things a goat has. 
they're self-sufficient. Um, now that doesn't mean they do everything themselves, but they know who has what, and they know how to go ask for it. Um, that, that what you just shared based on what I've heard you say up to this moment had to be a hard thing. Like I can, I know I can do a lot of things really good and yet having to relinquish some of that control self. No, 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 no. I think it's important to be able to look at, you know, if, if I need somebody to move a mountain, I know I don't have the strength to, and that big burly guy over there can do it. I'm going to go ask him, mm. you know, yeah. I, but I'm not afraid to ask him, you know, but I know he can do it, you know, yeah. or I know this mechanic can fix my car, or I know that this person has all these relationships in this area that I really need to get to. I'm going to be nice to that guy, you know? So, you know, I mean, I think that it's, it's understanding what your talents are and being able to assess other people's talents and being able to tap it, you know, and be, you know, not like wrap it and tap it. <laughs> Stop it back there. God. I can hear you laughing. You nailed But I that. just, you know, just the winners, you know, you find winners in their areas and you, you hang around with the winners instead of a bunch of losers. You know, you hang around with people that are problem solvers, people that are survivors. Surrounding you yourself that. with people that are just are other goats. That's what mm -hmm. goats do. Well, one, yeah, I love that. And one of the problem solving lessons you learned early on was in getting this company started was using uh, cows for collateral. Oh, we got to bring <laughs> yeah. up, we got to, we got to save that for the, we got to, that's a little foreshadowing for, <laughs> okay, for some the foreshadowing. Thank you. That was well, well placed then. Mm. Thank you. Okay. So def great definition of a goat, self-confident, self-sufficient, assessing others, wrap it and tap it, um, <laughs> surrounding yourself with other goats. Can you share a goat? And 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 I let me as you're as you're thoughtful around that. I for the first time in this show's history, yes, I am going to dethrone one of my goats. Oh, oh boy, okay. Early an early episode, one of my goats was Zima. <laughs> I don't know if you remember Zima. They are fantastic. Oh my they God. are now in second place. Yes, when it comes to buzz, they balls. have. Yes, thank you. You they, have. They have been that grapefruit drink that made you feel so good in eighth grade has now been dethroned. I was in eighth grade when I tried it the first time. How did you know? Because <laughs> uh, I know everything about you. I was at uni I was in a tailgate prepares, in, John. A in Athens, <laughs> right. University of Georgia. You have dethroned my goat for the first time in seventy some episodes. Thank you for that. And, and right, I, thank I, you. I want to say this because I stopped at this gas station on my way down to Orange Beach, Alabama, where I grew up, the Florabama. Have you ever been to the Florabama? Mm -mm. It's this bar that sits on the Alabama-Florida line. That it's, makes sense. And we call it the Bama, for those of you that are around <laughs> there. And Buzzballs needs to be at the Bama. But on my way down, we stop at this gas station, and I walk in there, and it's eye level, and it says Buzzballs. And I'm like, what in the world is that? And so I pick it up and I start looking at it and I was like, do people buy these things? He goes, yeah, every day we sell out almost every day. <laughs> and, so, and so then I email her. I email 
uh, Mary Lee, actually info at uh, Southern Champion. And <laughs> and I said, uh, hey, I mean, you know, I know you don't know me, but uh, I'm 50 years old and I can't, and put in parentheses, and shouldn't <laughs> drink like I did in my 20s and my 30s and 40s. And I want you to know that, that I love the fact that you've created something that doesn't fill you up, that doesn't bloat you, that dish, does give you a, a nice little buzz. And thank you for giving me a little bit of life mm. left in my 50s. And, and then I said at the end, thank you for making America great again. That was that was so funny. I, I was beautiful. in the car with my husband and his mother, and we were going down the highway when I got your email. I cracked up. I read all of the info emails that come in to really? our company just because I want to know what's going on. How you many know, of those do you get on a daily, weekly basis? Probably about 30, you know, emails of random people from around the U.S. or international that say, hey, just want to know, you know, can... Are they ugly? Like, are they mean? No, are they you mean know, like, or are most of them nice? Most of them are complimentary or nice or, you know, they say something like, these are amazing, balls or something. <laughs> but balls, I never had make Amer- <laughs> We Made America Great. You so, did. You have. Um, you are continuing to do What's the meanest one you've ever got? Because that's probably stuck with you. There's no way you could say anything mean about it. I've had some really funny ones. I've had some really drunk ones that, you know, call (laughs) in and, you know, like on voicemails, you know, it's like, oh my God, this is so good. A voicemail. Maybe I'm jiggling, you know. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay. You got to share goat. Who is your goat? Person, place, thing, time, moment. We've had goat moments. We've now had our first dethroned goat. Who is Marilee's goat? I think um, probably my son. Mm. Oh, you know? there you go. Isn't that weird? Um, tell, I think no, my tell son. Us why. I've, I've both my sons, um, but they're both strong in different ways. Um, Alex, just because he's so kind and so nice, so competitive, and he's so logical, he thinks about everything. He's a he's a good what do you call it yin to my yang or yeah. wing to my wang or whatever. <laughs> wing to my wang, got it. More nineties hip hop. Yeah, Alex. Alex is his he, name. Yeah, Alex. Okay. He's really good at that kind of stuff, and he always has good arguments. He should be an attorney. He's a lawyer. He could be a lawyer. And what does he do for you for your company? He's our president of our company, but he's one of the ones that helped me start it from the get-go and then there's andrew my youngest wild child um he's kind of got my wild child vibe and um he's my fisherman my hunter if ever i don't want him to do something i tell him don't do that and then he does it you know he's just one of those people that does the opposite of whatever you tell him i could connect with that as the youngest (laughs) i I connect with that very much so (laughs) and i was the oldest and i connect with that you know because my mother and father would tell me oh marilee don't go to that movie theater with that bad boy monty love he's bad (laughs) where is monty love today where is monty love today that name where is monty love so, well, yeah, I got drunk on tequila with Monty Love instead of going to the movie. That's a bad one. I think uh, I'm kind of getting drunk on tequila <laughs> as we speak, so I don't know. I think I saw Monty Love in a 1980s movie. I can't remember. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I wasn't in it with him, right? Monty Love. Do you have any more questions to ask her? We got to shut this thing down. We got to wind the plane. We got we to gotta land the so, Southwest plane. Yeah. Well, uh, we thank you. From t- for taking your time from Montana to spend time yeah. with us 
And um, what what unique perspective, what unique education, and, and certainly what unique experience. Um, we know that you're reinventing happy hour. And, yeah. And you're on track today to, we to, need to talk about that. We here. will to talk. Yeah. If they'll just stay with us, we're going to do that. Um, but you're on track to sell how many, how many cases of buzz balls this year? Five million cases. What? On track to sell five million cases. You're how gonna, many's in a case? 24. That's never going to change, John. John, see me afterwards for uh, <laughs> metrics and um, okay. quantitative okay. Um, right. well, there's, 12, there's 12 wine bottles. Quantitative tightening. We're going to do some quantitative tightening <laughs> after the show. I can help with that. Um, you just blew my, blew my, my outro here. From teacher here. to buzzball queen, Miss Helena, not a team player. We're going to finish this conversation. We're going to continue to reinvent happy hour with, <laughs> with our good friend, Merrily Kick, all the way from from Big Sky, Montana, for Tyler Burnett, who is on the road, and for Spency, and for John Byers, I'm Colby Jubinville, and this is the Go Consulting Podcast. Oh.